Hello and welcome back to another edition of Viper Bites. This time we're talking Monday night football. We've got the three and five Chicago Bears taking on the four and three Pittsburgh Steelers. But before we get any further into Monday night football's preview, please take a minute. And if you're watching on the Vipers YouTube network, go ahead and hit that like button and subscribe today. I'll wait. If you're listening to the show on any of our podcasting platforms, whether that be Apple, Spotify, Anchor, or any other, make sure you rate the show and send in that review. It's always appreciated. And if you have any questions, drop them in the comments or hit me up on Twitter at MattDonnellyFF, and I'll be sure to get back to you with an answer. That said, before we get into the facts and stats, let me just remind you, it is Movember. And if you have an opportunity out there, there's plenty of people out there on uh, Twitter right now that are got donations for Movember. Make sure to hit that up. Save a bro and all that other fun stuff that goes along with that. Uh, just charitable time of the year right now between November and December. So let's, let's try and do a little good out there while we're at it. Now, now we're going to dive right into this game. And we're going to dive into the Chicago Bears sideline here. And we're going to start with Justin Fields. Okay, okay, I get it. You are excited. But it was literally one game. And thanks to his legs, not his arm, he put up 26 fantasy points. Let's not lose sight of the fact that Fields has yet to throw for more than 210 yards as a professional in any game. And this week, he faces the 10th best fantasy defense when it comes to defending the quarterback position in the Pittsburgh Steelers. Further to that, the Steelers have given up the fourth fewest rushing yards to quarterbacks. That said, Fields isn't like the other quarterbacks that the Steelers have faced, with the exception of maybe Josh Allen. I wouldn't consider any of these other quarterbacks they've played as Konomi cheat code type players. Now, I'm not saying Fields can't or won't duplicate last week's performance, but outside of last week, his only double-digit fantasy output was a 14-point performance in Week 6. But then again, that's two in the last three games. My biggest problem with them in particular, is the presence of one T.J. Watt. Field has been sacked 26 times already, including multiple times in six of the last four games. And if you want to take a look at that even further, in the last three, he's been sacked four times each time. It's not good. It's not good for his development. Now, you can take advantage of this matchup a little bit, but for me, I'm still putting Fields on my bench. I'm still not putting him in even my super flex position if I've got better options right now. Now, let's talk about the running back position. We talked about the quarterback and his ability to run. I really see Justin Fields maybe producing 180 yards passing and 50 yards receiving for 230 total yards and a touchdown. That's where my projection has it laid out. That's why he's not in a super flex spot for me right now. Khalil Herbert. Damian Williams, David Montgomery, whatever back it is, Montgomery's three-week return window was activated this week. It's unlikely that he returns in Week 10, but it's something to monitor. Maybe even a player you may want to target ahead of everyone else and uh, before he makes his return to action. Damian Williams, he's kind of taking a backseat to Khalil Herbert here, and I would expect more of that this week, but the Steelers have been tough to opposing running backs allowing the sixth fewest fantasy points per game to the position and only allowing 19.29 points per game while allowing the fewest touchdowns to the position too, both on the ground. That means they haven't given up a receiving touchdown to a running back yet. 
They have, though, allowed 661 rushing yards, which is in the middle of the pack. And Herbert has 45 fantasy points on the season, but has been particularly good since filling in for Montgomery, producing like a top 12 back with 46.3 coming in the last, uh, coming from week six on. Um, last week was a bit of a down week for him. He failed to hit the 10 point fantasy mark after going 18 in each of the previous two weeks. Herbert has posted four consecutive games in which he has 70 rushing yards while adding a few receptions in there. When I took Herbert, sorry, when I look at Herbert scoring a touchdown on 25% of his starts, I have to also take a look at the fact that the Steelers have only given up a touchdown in 25% of their games to running back position. So for me, I'm playing the law of averages here, and the law of averages say advantage Pittsburgh defense. Now, Darnell Mooney gets his name mentioned here before Allen Robinson because he's been better and really by default more of a wide receiver one than anything else the Bears have right now. I like to think facing the team that allows 11th most fantasy points to receivers would be a positive, but I just don't know anymore. It's been hard to trust this Bears offense. Mooney is averaging 10 fantasy points per game, and he has 80.9 on the season, but that's only good enough for wide receiver 43 as far as fantasy production is concerned. Mooney does have 12 or more fantasy points in three of his last five contests and has done so four times this season. The thing that gives me a little bit of hope for one of those breakout games coming sooner than later is opportunity. The opportunity he is getting, he is seeing five or more targets in every game but one this year. And as Fields continues to develop, so too will Darnell Mooney as an excellent fantasy asset. It's really, it's really hard to find positives right now when we talk about this passing game. Mooney only has the one touchdown. He's got 409 receiving yards on the season, and he's only topped 100 yards one time. Maybe Monday night, he does it again. Oh, man. I hate myself for loving you is basically what I sing to Allen Robinson every night before I go to bed. I look at my fantasy rosters. I see Allen Robinson there. I belt out a little bit of Joan Jett. And I move on. Now, I kind of have to mention Allen Robinson as part of this preview. Because if I didn't, it would be really short. But I have to make sure I don't turn this into a 40-minute rant of his lack of production. Maybe Robinson needs his dad to do some video editing. No, it's probably too soon. I'm not going to go there either. With 60 fantasy points on the season. Yeah, I rounded up. Robinson is down at the wide receiver 60 PPR. You can't start him. You can't. You just can't. His most yards in any game this season was 63. He hasn't been targeted more than seven times since week one. He only has one week with more than 10 fantasy points, and that came back in week two in which he had his only touchdown, and he barely broke that 10-point platform as he had 10.4 fantasy points. I digress. Now, Cole Komet, Jesse James, tight end possession. Well, yeah. Well, James technically has one less game of 10 or more fantasy points than Allen Robinson, so there's that. He didn't manage to get a touchdown last week, so there's that there as well. But we're going to talk about Cole Komet, and he ha who happens to be third in receptions, third in targets, the third in yards, which really isn't saying much when we're talking about this Bears offense. Then again, he also trails Jesse James in touchdowns, so there's that again. Now, the Steelers' defense, while not great against receivers, has done a good job against tight ends, allowing the 13th fewest fantasy points to the position per game at 11.06 and only two touchdowns at 334 yards. It's going to be tough sledding, and I would recommend sitting Cole Command. And don't even think about Jesse James, please. Just don't go there right now. Now, when we flip the script, I love that for some reason. 
to the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know I like to pile on Justin Fields, but I love to pile on Ben Roethlisberger even more. Come on, man. With weapons like Chase Claypool, Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster for a brief period, you would expect more than the QB28 production that he's done so far. We knew it was going to be bad, but this is some next-level bad, whatever you want to call it. This is like... 80s action flick that you kind of flip on the tape a little bit later and you kind of have a chuckle. It's so bad, you have to keep watching it. In eight games, Roethlisberger has the 23rd most passing yards today with 1,781. He's got eight touchdowns. He's got four interceptions. He is 15th in attempts with 269, but he only has 175 completions. Chicago is the 13th most friendly Defense to quarterbacks, but I'm not sure this is enough to help his situation. Last week, the Steelers faced the Browns. Cleveland is the sixth worst defense when it comes to defending quarterbacks, allowing 20 fantasy points per game, and Roethlisberger couldn't even get 15. In fact, he hasn't seen 20 points of fantasy production since week 16 of 2020 versus Indianapolis, and before that, it was back in week 10 of 2020 against the Cincinnati Bengals. Roethlisberger has not been good. He cannot be trusted in any way, shape, or form. I would actually prefer Justin Fields, and you know how I feel about Justin Fields. Who I do like is Najee Harris. Listen, this is what I said on my Starts and Sits show just a couple days ago. Chicago is bad when it comes to defending the run, allowing 22.71 fantasy points per game to opposing backs, and Harris has posted 19 or more fantasy points in six straight contests. Looking back to that matchup last week with the Bears, Elijah Mitchell, the 49ers, just ran rough shot all over them, averaging 7.7 yards per carry on his way to posting 137 yards on the ground. Harris has been on a tear his rookie season, coming into this one as the RB6, averaging 20.3 fantasy points per game, as well as posting 90 or more scrimmage yards in each of the last five games. That's a trend that is going to continue this week. Now, Deontay Johnson has been producing despite Roethlisberger's incompetence. We are accustomed to seeing Johnson much higher than wide receiver 24 in PPR, but he has been consistent in his weekly production in 2021, posting 15 or more fantasy points in each of the game he has played in while seeing, while seeing double-digit targets in five of those games. A little deeper look shows 70 or more receiving yards in five of six contests and nine receptions in three of the last five to go along with three of his eight... Uh, Three touchdowns that he has receiving out of all of Ben Roethlisberger's eight touchdowns that he's tossed. The matchup with the Bears is good for the Steelers receivers. Chicago is allowing 41.5 fantasy points per game, which is the fifth most, and have allowed 12 touchdowns, which is tied for the second most. If there was ever a week for Chase Claypool to get back in on it, it is this week. The Steelers' strength of schedule for wide receivers is, grow- is going to be generous down the stretch, especially in the fantasy playoffs. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, trade target alert. I mentioned this. This is a good one. This is a good matchup as well. The Bears have allowed also the ninth most receptions to receivers this year, 104. Claypool comes into this week's game as the wide receiver, 45 in PPR at 76.1 fantasy points, averaging 12.7 fantasy points per game. In only six games, he missed one due to injury, and then obviously the Steelers had a bye week and week uh, week seven. Claypool has 10 or more fantasy points in four uh, in four of them. Good news, he has five or more targets in every game this season. The bad news, he only has 70 or more receiving yards in three of those games. 
And while he makes his living get catch those big touchdown passes, he only has one in six games. This time last year, let's rewind this back to 2020. It always seems to like running it back to 2020 when I, Ben Roethlisberger is mentioned. Run Claypool back to 2020. This time last year, going into week nine, week 10, he had seven touchdowns, including two rushing touchdowns. Then again, four of those came back in week five of 2020 against the Philadelphia Eagles, in which he blew Twitter up completely. Now, another option there you're looking at for the Steelers is Pat Frerbooth. He's a great waiver wire addition moving forward, but not necessarily a start this week against the Bears. The Bears are allowing the second fewest points per game to tight ends, allowing 6.69, giving up only one touchdown, and the second fewest receiving yards at 225 to tight ends. You're not starting Fryermuth. You just can't. It's it's not. So just a quick recap. You're not. I'm not starting Fields. I'm not starting Roethlisberger. I'm finding it very hard to trust Allen Robinson or Darnell Mooney. I might give Mooney a wide receiver three, and I might give Yolo. I just can't quit Robinson. It's probably something about me. There's something probably seriously wrong with me where I can't quit Allen Robinson. I won't recommend starting him to anyone else, but I probably still will because that's who I am. Cole, uh, Cole Komet, you're not starting. Deontay Johnson, absolutely. PPR, you got to plug him in each and every week. He's going to get better, even with uh, Ben Roethlisberger. The good thing about Deontay Johnson, you can still catch passes that are five yards, which is probably on the brink of Alan, uh, Ben Roethlisberger's throwing ability right now. Najee Harris, fire him up each and every week. He's a top five running back the rest of the season. Chase Claypool, like Allen Robinson, if you want to take a chance, go ahead. He's probably got a little bit better law of average of producing this week, so give him a run there. But Fairmouth, not a chance. So there you go. There's some starts and sits for the Monday Night Football. If you're looking at DFS, that's definitely an option there for you as well. Now, before we go on, make sure you head over to FantasyPoints.com. Enter promo code 21Vipers10 and get 10% off that subscription today. Do it. What are you waiting for? You get some of the best fantasy analysis out there at a good price. And right now, they got a little bit of a special right now. Uh, the halfway season mark, they've cut their price down a little bit. Plus, you can get 10% off still. Uh, you've got nothing to lose and everything to gain, especially as trade season starting to wind up. If you ain't trading, you ain't trying. So keep that in mind as we move forward, and we will see you.